Socceroos. That's a lovely touch by Licky. Oh, and a chance to the goal. Craig Goodwin has scored. Takes a deflection. On target. And the header from Mitch Duke. Oh, what a tackle. Harry Sutar. Matthew Licky cuts back inside. One way, then the other. No, look, I think uh, one thing we will go back and obviously review and, and look at um, our final third, decision-making, and <clears throat> and again, I think uh, being more ruthless in front of goal. If it was uh, another night and we could have had five or six, and we should have, and, uh, you know, we dominated the game in that way, and when we come up against the smaller nations in Asia, we've got to be more more uh, brutal when it comes to those chances and um, but overall you know after backing up after the England game it's been a you know a fantastic six months where as I said with a couple of um, friendlies against Ecuador and then Argentina and Mexico and England and now New Zealand it's been a great learning pr- uh, process for a lot of the boys and um, you know as I said I truly believe the uh, the depth is coming. Yeah, he did very well, and uh, you know, <clears throat> as I said, it's what's important is if you have young players and kids that you have older, experienced players. And one thing I learned again, uh, the Mexico game, and we're always learning, is that uh, you know when Jackson Irvine came off uh, in the last ten minutes, we really only had two senior players on the field, and you know you need to have some good senior leaders in and around the kids. The kids will run and run and run, but they on the field they needed uh, also to be told where to run to. So I thought Mass uh, tonight was uh, did very, very well and, um, you know, helped out a lot. And just on the youngest players, just you were talking about some of the younger players, Alessandro Ciccati made his debut tonight. I know you were there at the Tabdini to watch him score his first goal. Technically tonight, that I think that was his assist. For Harry in the first goal, how wrapped do you yeah. perform? No, look, he's uh, such a mature kid for you know twenty years of age, and uh, <clears throat> he's you know we we brought him into camp, and you know he had to settle in and and learn what the culture was about and the way that we wanted to play. And but when I went and watched him, uh, and it's the best thing about me being overseas, to be honest, is uh, I went to watch him live, um, Palmer against Sam Doria, and. The kid, you could see from the grandstand, just so calm and mature. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I think I, I, bought, I took the luck there as well and he scored. So he was happy with me for going. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, as I said, it's uh, giving some of these younger ones a try and a chance because that's the only way they can go up. And uh, in a lot of ways, probably I shouldn't be doing it because it's, uh, you know, they should be coming through the junior national teams. But... Uh, you know, as I said, we've lost a certain amount. We've already lost three players with retirement and Vukovic, uh, Moy and Rogic. I do expect more to come in retirement, uh, maybe within the next six months or a year. But the way I plan anyway is I've, I've got to plan well in advance that uh, we've got that covered rather than uh, if they do retire further down the track, we're not ready for it. Do you expect a few after the Asian Cup, Marnie? Like, is that the sort of... 
Yeah, potentially, Vince. I think, um, you know, we've probably got a good half a dozen players that are on that 32, 33-year-old, 33-age group, and it's all about what they do at their clubs, really. And um, I don't want to rule anyone out now, but, uh, you know, again, when I first took over, I had to deal with older players and retirements and that, and with Timmy and Yednak, Milligan, Cruz and all these guys, and it, I, I don't think it'll be any different. It's just one step at a time. Uh, the boys are doing well at their clubs. If they're doing well, then uh, they can help us uh, get through and, and do well at the Asian Cup and qualify for the World Cup directly. Can you talk a little bit about um, Boss, who looks uh, a proper player, um, and also about Martin Boyle, who... You know, I know that he's uh, obviously suddenly missed at the World Cup, mm. but, but it looks as though he's bouncing back and enjoying life with the Yeah, no, he's, uh he's just such a fantastic person and he's great in the dressing room and, <clears throat> and he's great for the culture. And But he's, uh, you know, he's something that is very important to us because of his speed and his 1v1 action and those things. Um, and you may notice, I, you know, Played a, a different system there a bit tonight with Boyley going in with a four-two-two-two and uh, you know trying to get the two Metcalf and Boss against their one-six. So we over outnumbered them there, and then it's about the runs in behind, and that's what Boyley's good at. And you know he should have scored tonight, but um, you know those things will come. And Boss, yeah, he's got a, a hell of a future in front of him, and uh, you know maybe there's probably people questioning why I played him where I played him because he's in Australia he's always at left full back Westerlo in Belgium he plays as a left wing back in the back five <clears throat> but uh, again Craig Goodwin 31 32 and uh, I wanted to see if Geordie could do the same type of role as Craig Goodwin and uh, and he showed he can and he will and it's just that final decision making you know when he gets into the box and when to cross or you know, when to cut back and things like that, but we haven't had really time to work on that um, in camp, but we will once we uh, start playing against the Asian nations again. With World Cup qualification starting next month, how much of your focus kind of changes from this mindset of learning and development? You've had these really valuable friendly against top nations mm. in the last six months. You know, how, how much changes when that qualification process starts and also with the Asian Cup in January? Yeah, no, look, I think... Um, you know, pretty much after the Ecuador games, when I said that was more of a celebration for the nation and for the players, and I picked nearly as many as the World Cup squad I could. But since then, I've been just focused on <clears throat> really just the World Cup qualifiers. These friendlies, you know, I haven't. I've, I've brought in some young boys to to for me to look at them and get to learn them and know them as train-ons. Um, but everyone that I've picked uh, deserved to be. In the Socceroos and that, so it's, it's, um, you know, as I said, it's my focus has just been for the World Cup qualifiers, and obviously with these playing against the top nations, it's, it's fantastic because uh, when you make a small mistake, it becomes a big one, you get punished, and that's the best way for kids to learn. And uh, I truly believe that uh, maybe I am, you know, like this, but uh, I believe so much in Australian kids. You know, I think that uh, they've got the skill. They've got the physicality. They understand tactics. It's in the brain they've got to understand that uh, they belong. And, you know, when you, when you play in Australia and you're so far away, 
and well, Australia's so far away from you know Europe and the top leagues and things like that. The boys sit and watch them on TV, and they think, well, am I really going to make that or am I that good? But when you play against them and you see that you can compete, it just builds that belief for the kids that uh, they belong. Look, I I haven't really looked at that. You know, we've got a uh, pretty interesting group: Palestine, Lebanon, and uh, Bangladesh. And uh, <clears throat> you know, no doubt we're going to need the government support in, in those type of uh, decisions of where we're playing Palestine and even Lebanon and those type of things because. Uh, with what's going on at the moment, it's it's uh, quite scary. Yeah, I don't understand that because um, as far as I know, you've got to play your World Cup qualifiers in the in the confederation of where you have to play, where you play. So that's not part of Asia. So I don't think that's uh, real. Just on this couple of games that you've had, I mean, you've, you've run Kai Rolls in a bit of a different yep. as well, and you did the same with Jordan Boss today, I mean, and also kind of changing formation, we, we saw that 4-2-2 for a bit. Uh, how, you know, m- much of this is, is developing versatility for tournament football and mm. moving forward? Well, I'll be honest, though, I never, and I never planned to play Kai there, but uh, when we're in uh, US to play Mexico... Training session, I could just tell Aziz wasn't ready because he hadn't played a game for three months and the A-League hadn't started. And so at training, I just put Kai there to see how he'd go because Cam Burgess, I wanted to see Cam Burgess as well. And Kai just fit in so well, so comfortable. And, you know, obviously I'm not asking, if I played him there, I wouldn't be asking him to do like Aziz and Geordie Boss up and down, up and down, up and down. We'd change our system a bit where he'd flatten out like a back back three and uh, have a like a Geordie Boss or Craig Goodman working the sideline for him and uh, like we did against England and then you play with two nine so it's um, <clears throat> it's more about having versatility because it's uh, you know we've been short in positions you know we uh, we need nines we need strikers and uh, that's why I keep trying to bring other ones in to have a look how they go happy with, you know, in particular bringing in Mo Kuro, who hasn't really had many match minutes no. at, at club level, but again, another hugely exciting kind of talent. You know, tonight, more more troubles, I suppose, uh, being clinical in that final Yeah, third. yeah. But again, it's, you know, he's got to be playing at his club. And uh, <clears throat> I hadn't met him before. This was my last opportunity, last friendly. That's why I brought the three train-ons in. Um... Uh, Yazbek and, and Robbo, I've met obviously used Robbo before, uh, but with Mo and uh, you know he's he was getting chased by Guinea, um, you know for to go and play for them and it's, it doesn't matter it's, it really hasn't changed but I wanted to bring him in and let him experience putting that you know that the emblem on his heart and and and, and you know ask him how that felt because it's uh, that's. The biggest decision for the the players who got double passports at uh, what what the, where, where they feel the passion is and who to play for, and it's not my decision. At the end of the day, it's theirs. You know, I'm nev- I would never <clears throat> try and tie someone down. You know, it's, uh, Alessandro Sicardi was exactly the same. 
I, had, I spoke to him on numerous occasions, but it was more, it had to be his decision. And that's why I brought him into camp. That's why I didn't play him early, let, let him have a couple of ga- uh, camps with us. But he had to, you know, his gut had to tell him that that was the right decision once he put that shirt on and the emblem on his heart. I had a great meeting with him um, in uh, Italy. I went to watch uh, Sassuolo against uh, Juventus and uh, I'm communicating with him all the time. But he's another one that uh, I'm not going to pressure him. It's got to be, you've got to do it because you, you want to do it. And um, we had a, a, good ta- a good chat, good time. He wants to focus at this moment on his club football. And uh, I said, OK, no problem. The players is something that's been discussed about what, like you've got no idea where you're going to be playing. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I believe. Uncomfortable with this, and, and sort of where is that? Yeah, no, obviously they, they, uh, everyone's uncomfortable with, with events, staff, players, because you know we're only three weeks away from it, and <clears throat> you know I think by Friday I think it is Palestine have to come up with a neutral venue, and I think we also have to be careful where that neutral venue is. With what's going on, it's terrible what's going on. But you know, it's uh, as I said, it's the FA and uh, working on it. And uh, let's hope we get some uh, support and help from the government as well with that. You confident with the character of your players that they they can deal with any? Uh... Yeah, yeah. But as I said, it uh, depends what country they want to put us in to play. The neutral venue has to be a, a neutral venue. Just looking forward to the Asian Cup in January. I mean, that seems like a huge opportunity with the squad that you've got. You know, obviously, last time we had it, 2015 in Australia, that, you know, what a fantastic moment that was for Australian football. Coming off the Women's World Cup and, you know, the momentum that that's built, you know, one, how confident are you that you can go all the way? But two, you know, kind of how much would that mean on the back of this success of the Women's World Cup? Yeah, of course. But, uh, you know, we've got that time difference again. But, you know, there people watching the game at 4am in the morning, not uh, playing at home 8 o'clock at night. So it's, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the soccer who's playing at home. Like, that was my 43rd game tonight and I've played nine games at home. It's crazy. So it's, uh, I'm just looking forward to having a home game and a couple of home games. We've, we've had, you know, one this year. You know, one one against uh, sorry, two this year against Ecuador, and uh, the rest of the time we've been away from home. And as I said, it's uh, November. We've got one game at home, and I'm just looking forward to that. And I know the players are because they want to play in Australia in front of the the fans. Uh, just in terms of sorry, not to labour the point, but mm-hmm. when you say support from the government for the next window and the windows ahead, what, what exactly do you mean? Oh well, you know, help make those decisions. You know, when. Uh, <clears throat> when uh, the draw came out that North Korea, ha- I think, had to play against Japan, Japan's Prime Minister straight away said, we're not playing in North Korea. It wasn't the president of the club, uh, of the association, it was the Prime Minister. And, you know, we're obviously not on top of everything that's going on <laughs> in the security side of things and everything in, uh, in the Middle East or anything, and 
no doubt the government's more into, more into that than we are, so give us some help in it. So when the decision is safe, we need to be safe because, uh, as I said, you know, at the moment, unfortunately, it's as I said, it's horrible what's going on. But uh, you know, there's a lot of protesting going on around a lot of, in a lot of nations now, and we've got to play against Palestine somewhere. But we'd like a decision so we can plan and prep and get ready for it. Arnie, you spoke Last about, time, you spoke about uh, the health of development and you've already mentioned before about you want a home of football not to be training you know, in rugby league fields. Ange spoke during the week about the momentum of the Women's World Cup, but he said, I guarantee you won't see an influx of resources. Do you share that same sentiment or do you think the government will come to the table and really help football? Just, I agree with Ange. <laughs> That's the easiest answer. <laughs>